Hello and welcome to another episode of Now About That with James and Sarah. I'm James. And I'm Sarah. And in this week's episode, is this us speaking or did someone put a topic into chat GPT and develop an entire episode of the podcast? <laughs> I, th- I think that even the AI could not interpret how crazy we are. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, so today what we're going to be talking about around this week's episode, what we're going to be talking about and exploring is um, chat GPT, but also uh, taking a look at artificial intelligence. Um, and we'll talk about positive ways that artificial intelligence is being used and explore some ethical questions related to the use of AI. So first of all, I kind of want to just look at what what chat GPT is. So when I Sarah, you just said you, you hadn't really heard about it until I thought about it as a topic. Yeah. Um, what information did you have you found since you've looked into it a little bit? Well, um, so here's what I did. I typed it into Google as, you know, one does. Um, and then Wikipedia, who's always there for me, gave me the information. Um, basically, for those of you out there who don't know what it is, it's a chat bot that was launched by OpenAI just in November of this last year. Yeah. And it's fine-tuned according to this with both supervised and reinforcement learning techniques so it's very i'm i'm intrigued by it as i am by most ai so um this is an article from insider um and it's basically saying so chat gpt is basically just like any other artificial intelligence it's based on the information that's provided to it when it does its learning section and then information has access to whenever uh, someone asks a question or asks it to do something um when i looked up or i watched a, a video about uh, chat GPT and AI in general. Some of the things that like really kind of stood out is it's not new. So chat GPT, chat GPT specifically is new, but chat bots aren't um, and artificial intelligence isn't something that's brand new. They've been around for a long time. So if you ever like interacted with your or a bot or like a chat function in like your bank or your uh, cell phone providers web address, it's the same thing as chat, a chatbot. So it basically is given information. Um, those are kind of more fine-tuned to specifically about your uh, the company that you're talking to, um, and it can give you like basic answers um, that only that is only given to it. So only the information it has been provided it can give to you based on the questions that you ask. Um, so it's kind of why in a lot of times, if you ever ask a chat bot or like one of those chat things, a question and it's worded to where you understand it, but maybe if you ask someone else, they wouldn't understand it. It doesn't have a good answer for you or um, it will come up with a completely different answer than what you were looking for. One thing to know is AIs are not perfect um, and people are using them and people using them should be uh, should should take care and not rely on the information that's provided uh, without reviewing it uh, independently. So there was a CNBC. I watched a video that CNBC did. It was a short expose where they talked to a legal firm um, who used it to study court cases. In a lot of cases, it was getting information incorrect based on the court cases and the history around the court cases. Um, And there's some tendency for AI to potentially be biased based on the information that it's receiving. Um, And it can be dangerous if it's continuously uh, feeding inaccurate information to the user. Um, And then they they don't do their own independent research and Jade, they just take take whatever the AI says AI says as correct information. Right. Um, one thing I've seen is in learning and development, they're looking to see how you can use AI to adapt a training model or learning model to kind of personalize the the training that someone receives based on like their tendencies. That's the other thing. AI isn't um, like it's anytime you like think about your algorithm for like TikTok or YouTube or Instagram, that's artificial intelligence. It's looking at what you've seen before, what you've researched online, and it's telling, it's showing you what um, it thinks you would like to see. So when you say, or when someone asks you, oh, did you see this? Or, oh, did you see that? Or your friend sends you a TikTok (laughs) that you've seen forever. That means you and your friend have the same likes and that you've already seen the, the TikTok that they've sent because you have you have similar similar opinions. Yeah. 
Um, but that also means that people that are looking at incorrect news or fake fake news or incorrect information will continuously get fed that fake information based on the things that they click on, the things that they watch, the things that they do. So that's where it gets a little bit dangerous, I think, because there's not that much going into policing, not really policing, but monitoring that information and making sure the incorrect information doesn't continuously be, doesn't continuously get served to that person. Right. Um, I think there's, there's a really good thing that everybody keeps saying is if you are feeling a certain way when you're watching something, you're looking at something and it like, it makes you feel very mad or very annoyed or like a certain way that it's a really strong emotion, it's more than likely either incorrect or the information is inflated. So seek another source. Um, but then the other thing is, and it's a funny thing people, I've heard people say, go out and touch grass, get away from your computer, get offline, go actually do something in the world that's not staring at your computer. Right, my recommendation is read a book, especially if there's a topic that's bothering you, like. You, let's say, like you said, you, you look at an article and it gives you like very strong emotions. Go to your public library, like find a book on the, that topic, get more information because you're going to be able to find a lot more information in a book with a lot more sources than you're going to be able to find on the internet without, like you said, finding the same stuff that you've already been looking at. Yeah. Because the algorithm is going to be like, well, let's just support your biases. Whereas that's not the same case with a book. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm changing things around, trying to figure out what's going on because it's a little, I don't want the, like your sound to echo through the, the computer. So uh, I plugged in some head, headphones I had sitting around. Yeah. We were, we were having some technical difficulties before <laughs> we started this episode. Um, I, I left the headset I usually use. I thought I had grabbed it, but I left it at work. Apparently I know I packed it up, but I must not have packed it into my bag, which hmm. is frustrating. Yeah. Um, anyways, so um, some of the things that I also looked up is there's a big worry about AI replacing jobs. So I know, like, I think you said something about you were worried about um, translations, which I could kind of see because basically what AI does is take the information that's available and does whatever you ask it to do. So if you plug in something that you want translated because of how accurate the information most of the time is with simple tasks like that, um, I, that sounded bad. Like I think translating is a simple task with tasks that is very language based because that's basically what it all the only thing it is is it's based on a language model so it takes right. the information that's it's been given sifts through it and finds the information or finds what that person is looking for so if i were to say hey i want this sentence translated into malay if it has the dictionary of malay and it understands like the sentence structure based on uh, previous sentence structure that it's looked at from the Malay language, mm -hmm. it can pretty accurately reproduce that information for me. Sometimes. Some, sometimes. <laughs> well, when we, so when I'm, I'm talking about more developed AI than Google Translate. Okay. Google Translate isn't what I'm talking about. Okay. That's as a lot of the terms wrong. Yeah. As long as, as long as we're not talking about Google Translate, because Google Translate. And the reason Google Translate is wrong is because, and it's not that it's wrong, the words are right. It's just that the way that it's written and the, the grammar yeah. and the sentence structure is based on how you put it into the, the Google option. So if yeah. I put in, if I put in something like, I want to go buy three yellow yellow chickens or something like that. It's going to translate it exactly that way, even if in the language they may flip around and say instead of yellow chickens, chickens of yellow. Like it will just automatically it won't flip it around like that. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't do a very good job of um colloquialisms yeah. or sentence structure. They tend to be a little wonky. Yeah. And that's that's where I think um, I mean, when I say AI, like ChatGPT or um, another version of AI comes into, um, it's a little more developed than just Google Translate, where it knows the way that sentences are sentences are structured based on the information that's been given. Mm. And it will understand that 
when you put in something like I want to buy six yellow chickens, that's not the way that it's written in Spanish or in whatever language you want it to be translated to, and it will fix it and correct it. Right. So for like chat GPT and things that um, AI that's a little bit more, a little bit more knowledgeable and uh, up to date, it will actually do a more accurate job than Google Translate. And um, so there were a couple of other things that it had pointed out, uh, or the news article that I watched had pointed out. Um, so translations is one, um, news articles is another one where um, it could replace like newscasters or um, people like not newscasters, um, columnists that write news. Like it would, it could replace them because it's learning that information and it will just put it in uh, based on the information that it's given. Right. And then um, the other one was computer software programming. So, I mean, I think now I don't know how much it can actually replace these things because yeah, those things are pretty routine, uh, but like technology and like computer soft and software programming, that thing that, that changes so much yeah. that artificial intelligence, unless somebody tells it the information, it doesn't know it. Right. Like in, unless it learns the information, so it has to be available already. It doesn't just just come up with information. It can't make its own decisions. But it doesn't spontaneously create. Yeah. So. Um, and then the other thing that I read was about schools. So students or schools have been banning the use of AI. Um, and some schools have even gone as far as requiring students to turn in handwritten rough drafts of their papers um, to confirm that the information is being provided and is something that they research and develop themselves. Yeah, um, my technical writing teacher actually made a post saying, just so you know, if you're using AI to write your papers, that's considered cheating because that's not you doing the work. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was a thing that needed to be said, but right we are see that's what i thought too it's like i can't it's obvious so they are and it's obvious sometimes that it's not something that you've written but sometimes it might not be so obvious um however they're like the school's um plagiarism thing uh, checker has a good has a way of checking to see if something is like from a like a you bought it from a site or yeah um it looks like it could be ai generated the thing that does suck is if you write really technically and it looks like it's not something that would be typically written by a college student and it gets flagged like how difficult is it to say no i wrote that information right. and and show that you did. Yeah. I think that's where schools, it can kind of get kind of wonky for me because um, it's very difficult to appeal a decision, especially if it's like something about plagiarism. Right. Um, let's see, what else? So there are some, do you know of any like artificial intelligence things other than the ones that I just talked about that you can think of? Um, not off the top of my head. It's, uh, it's really funny because obviously I know that there's a lot of artificial intelligences that are in like everyday things that we use. Um, but I still have a tendency to think of artificial intelligence as science fiction. Yeah. Like a thing of the future when I'm not going to be alive to experience it, even though I'm living in it right now. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, the reason we think of it that way is because we didn't grow up with anything like that. Mm. And it was depicted in all of the movies and stuff that we've watched when we were growing up as yeah. that's something that is going to be like in the year 2030. Well, I guess the year 2030 is just around the corner. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like it's, it's not. Just, it, there's a disconnect, I guess, for me. Yeah. And I think I think you're right. I think it's because, you know, we in the time frame that we were growing up, we didn't have as much access to technology as like kids do now. Um, I remember when we got our first computer in like 1999. Jeez, rich. Rich! <laughs> no, um, we got it through a homeschooling program. Oh. So it was free. Um, But it was huge, first of all. And you couldn't do jack shit on it back then. <laughs> but you know, um, but like even then, even when we had the computer, I was still playing outside and doing like reading, like, you know, encyclopedias for information because we didn't have like wikipedia you know i read something that was like oh gosh what was it if you were born before what year was it isn't this typing if you were born before the year 1998 you were born before google yeah so. I'm, I'm 10 years older than google <laughs> yeah so it's like i i 
I think I saw a TikTok or something that said, um, I told my kids that I was older than Google and they laughed and didn't believe me. Right. I'm just like, and I didn't even, I remember as a kid, not even really using Google as much. I used Ask Jeeves. Yeah, <laughs> Ask Jeeves, yeah. Um, Which like Ask Jeeves doesn't even exist anymore. It's like. It's something else like, now. I think Somebody. it's just Ask com now which is boring if you ask me yeah like um, they should have they should have kept it ask jeeves <laughs> bring back I, ask jeeves i think there was something like maybe a little what was that oh, oh those, those are my feet <laughs> <laughs> i just saw it at the corner of my eye i was like oh my god my room is haunted <laughs> Um, so yeah, ask Jeeves. Oh, there is an askjeeves.net where you can ask a question. That's cool. Well, that's good. It's not the same though, because it's got like a, at the top of it, there's a, a band sitting in front of a, it's, it's just a band. It's not like the actual, like, ask Jeeves guy. Oh, well, never mind then. I take it back. But <laughs> um, yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's both interesting and kind of frightening having watched technology develop like this. Yeah, I did see uh, in that same CNBC uh, expose I watched, um, they were talking about how OpenAI allegedly uh, had at one point outsourced watching um, and monitoring content that the AI was reviewing uh, to, to review it and to mark it as inappropriate so that if someone like asked a question to about that specific thing like child pornography or um, how to build a bomb, it would know not to provide that information. But they outsourced it to, I think it was like India or somewhere, mm -hmm. um, to a company and they only paid their people like $2 an hour. And they were only, like they were required to watch 10, 11 hours of this terrible content and then weren't provided any like um, health, mental health services afterwards. And a lot of people like ended up just like leaving and quitting so much so that the company had to act eventually shut down because they could, couldn't get people to come in and do the job. Oof. Well, I'm not sitting and watching that shit for $2 <laughs> right. an hour. I mean, I don't I don't know that it even... I don't think there's any type of money that could make me want to sit and watch that. Like, it's... That's a lot. And, like, there seems to be... It seems to me like there would be a way for... You could write something like that into the algorithm itself. Uh, right, so that it knows it. if this comes up in a question or a search, flag it and say, I can't provide this information to you. And I think they have now. Because if you ask chat GPT, and they did during this expose, they asked, um, how do I... Or can you tell me how to build a bomb? And it said, that's something I cannot provide. That's information I cannot provide to you. Right. So it's, I think the big difference between chat GPT and um, the like regular chatbot AI options is um, it generates stories and things like rap lyrics, art and videos as well um, by collecting that information and then um, like creating a, a picture or creating something for you that you ask it to create. I watched someone, um, or I watched a video where someone asked it to create a rap song by, um, sang by Eminem. And it was, it literally sounded like Eminem was singing a rap song. Hmm. It was, it was really cool, but also kind of terrifying because like, what if you asked like the chat GPT to like say, oh, tell, say that, um, or have the president say something where it's like they're declaring war or something. And if you pump that out and you get it out like to media, they're not gonna know, they're just gonna react because of like, well, what if we can't not let this news break by someone else? Right, right. So that's where it does kind of get a little bit scary. But I did look up uh, some information on using um, how to use artificial intelligence ethically. And this is by Forbes. Um, so there's a few different, I see there's six, six different ways to use artificial intelligence ethically. Uh, number one is start with education and awareness about AI. So communicate clearly with people externally and internally about what AI can do and its challenges. Uh, be transparent. Uh, this is one of the biggest things I stress with every organization I work with. Every organization needs to be open and honest, both internally and externally, about how they are using AI. And then three is control for bias. As much as possible, organizations need to make sure that the data they're using is not biased. For instance, Google created a huge database of facial image images called ImageNet. Their data 
um, their data set included far more white faces than non-white faces. So when they trained AIs, the AIs to use this data, they worked better with white faces than non-white faces. And I've heard that about like facial, like unlocking your phone. Sometimes the facial recognition works better with a, a person that has a lighter complexion than it does with someone with a darker complexion. Right. That's kind of historical, though. Um, yeah. The, the many interesting ways that racism is built into our society. And it's like, this isn't even, it's accidental racism. Well, the reason that I say Un that. Unintentional, not accidental. Unintentional. Yeah. Like, it's an unintentionally racist thing that's happening. But it's unintentional now because of intentional um, technology back in the day. So like photography, for example, has always had problems with people of color. It was developed to photograph white people, yeah. not, not people of color. Oh, speaking of, happy Black History Month. Right? Happy Black History Month. Should have started that. We should do an episode looking at Black History oh, this month. We, we can do that. <laughs> I have all the Black History info. Black History Month is my favorite month ever since I was a little kid. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, back to this. We, I, I got off topic because it, it was talking about something that I had recently watched. Um, for Make It Explainable. So when you use modern AI tools like deep learning, uh, they can be black boxes where humans don't really understand the decision-making process within their algorithms. Uh, companies feed them data and the AIs learn from that data and then they make the decision. Um, so make sure you keep it to where people understand how the AI is being used and um, they can then explain it to other people. Make it inclusive. At the moment, we have far too many male white people working on AI. And we need to make sure that people are uh, building the AI systems of the future are as diverse as our world. Uh, there is some progress in bringing in more women and people of color to make sure the AI you're building truly represents our society as a whole. And then the last one is follow the rules. So we're seeing increasing regulation of AI in Europe and in parts of the US. However, there are still a lot of unregulated parts that rely on self-regulation by organizations. And then Google and Microsoft are focusing on using AI for good. And Google has its own self-defined AI principles. Mm. So this is more um, how can um, companies use AI ethically? And then um, I also looked up how artificial intelligence is being used in like learning and development because that's my day job, learning and development. Right. So the first one that it talks about in this article is from Herlix Digital, um, and it's called Seven Roles of Artificial Intelligence in Learning and Development. Um, and then it goes through, again, <laughs> six ways that artificial intelligence is important to learning and development. So there's personalized learning, which we touched about, touched on a little bit, where AI enables personalized learning experiences for each learner. And um, this can be done by analyzing the learner's performance and adapting the curriculum or content to their needs and preferences. I think for that, it's a good way to potentially look at like learning disabilities and for AI to then kind of train that or train itself to present the information in a way that someone with a learning disability has a better way of understanding the information and it's improving their scores and improving their skills based on the information and how how the person's performing um intelligent tutoring systems ai powering tutoring ai powered tutoring systems can provide learners personalized feedback and audience as they wait, can provide personalized feedback and and guidance. Oh, I said audience. And guidance as they work through the curriculum. Uh, these systems can also analyze learners' performance and adapt the instructions to their needs. So kind of the same thing. Um, automated content creation. AI can create educational content such as videos, quizzes, and other interactive materials. And then this can save time and resources from for educators and trainers. That's where I think we want to be careful because one, you're potentially getting like replacing someone else's job that is to create content, but there's a potential one. He's coughing, ladies and gentlemen. There's a potential to create that bias that we talked about earlier. 
um, mm-hmm. if the information given to it is not super accurate. Um, and there's adaptive testing where AI can create adaptive tests and adjust the difficulty of the questions based on the learner's performance. And this can provide a more accurate assessment of the learner's knowledge and skills. I think that gets a little tricky because you're you're holding someone to a different level of standards than you are someone else. Right. And then uh, chatbots and virtual assistants, which is AI-powered chatbots and virtual assistants that can provide learners with 24-7 support, answering their questions and providing guidance on the material. And then the last one is predictive analytics, where it predicts the student's performance, identifies at-risk students, and provides personalized interventions that can help them improve, which I think that can be helpful, but then that can... um, it goes back to the what if it incorrectly identifies someone as at risk. Right. Mm. I don't I don't even know what the workaround for that would be, honestly. And yeah. that's why I don't work in technology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's even more down here. So it also talks okay. about uh, tech innovations. And there's the personalized learning, which we talked a little bit about, adaptive learning. Um, automated grading, uh, learning analytics, virtual instructors, and translations, which we also talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, I think overall, there, if it's used correctly, artificial intelligence in a like training or learning environment can be helpful. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Um, well. Do you want to take a quick break and then talk about um, some of the ethical concerns with artificial intelligence? Yeah. All right. We will take a quick break and we'll be right back. BRB. And we are back. All right. So uh, we just talked a little bit about what AI is, how um, it's currently being used, a little bit about uh, chat GPT. But now I want to look at some of the more ethical concerns around artificial intelligence. And I'm reading from or looking at a article from G2, uh, which is a magazine. I've never heard of it. Um, G2? Yeah. Yeah, it's a magazine. So some of the... um, Ethical concerns are about bias, which we've talked about a little bit, but this goes into a Georgia Tech's article or um, research from 2019, where self-driving cars were found to um, be 5% more likely to hit a pedestrian with dark skin. Mm. So because of the way that the model is written into the self-driving cars, it doesn't see, it sees people with darker skin less. So it's less likely to react than it does with someone, than it does with, for someone with lighter skin. Uh, like I said, this is from 2019. So the article is now at least four years old um, and self-driving cars have advanced a lot since then. Uh, so it's, I don't know how much more, but I will say this is a little bit different. Um, but it does say on the plus side, the good thing about AI and machine learning are models uh, models in, is that data sets they're trained to can be modified uh, with enough effort invested and they can become largely unbiased. Uh, the other ethical concern is what we talked about already, but about replacing jobs. So uh, automatic teller machines are one of the options or one of the things is talking about where um, it's been replaced by in the 1970s, it replaced a lot of bank employees because people were just using the money movers or automatic teller machines, ATMs, um, instead mm-hmm. of going into the bank, which honestly, I can understand. I don't even use cash or when I, but when I do, I hate I hate having to go to a bank to deposit it and right now <laughs> where I work for my bank I would have to drive all the way to Marlboro mm. to deposit money into a bank um, yeah. or to into an ATM so and I don't even know where I can go to a bank to deposit so I don't usually do cash um, and then it also um, has reflected in what's currently happening with AI and its applications an example when AI was first introduced to understand and mimic human speech people panicked as chatbots and intelligent virtual assistants replaced human customer service agents uh, the reality is that 
AI-powered automation can be extremely useful, but AI is unlikely to replace humans, truly. Because, like we talked about earlier, there's so many things that it's limited on, and mm. a lot of the items can only be done by uh, an actual person making the change in the system. Right. I know. A lot of the times, whenever I have to talk to like the automated voice, it can't do what I'm asking it to do. So it will, I usually just have to say, have to say customer service and it will just send me to someone in the customer service area. Yeah. Um, and then it talks about AI and privacy. So uh, perhaps the most valid concern about ethics is AI privacy. Privacy is recognized as a fundamental human right in the UN Declaration of Human Rights and various AI applications can pose a real threat to it. Technologies such as surveillance cameras, smartphones, and internet have made it easier to collect personal data when companies aren't transparent about why and how data is collected and stored, privacy is at risk. Facial recognition, for example, is controversial for many reasons. One reason being how the images are recognized and stored by this technology. Uh, being monitored without explicit consent is one of the AI applications many con considered unethical. Um, in fact, the European Commission banned facial recognition technology in public spaces until adequate ethical controls can be put in place. Mm. And then there's a little excerpt here that says 80% of consumers are more likely to purchase when brands offer personalized experiences. Uh, one of the things that it points to is the now crazy infamous Cambridge Analytical scandal involved in a political consulting firm that worked for the Trump campaign, which sold the private data of tens of millions of Facebook users. And then the last ethical example that it has listed here is deception and manipulation using AI. Um, using AI to perpetuate misinf misinformation is another form of major ethical issue. Machine learning models can easily generate factually incorrect text, meaning fake news articles or fake summaries can be created in seconds and distributed through the same channels as real news articles. Kind of like we were talking about earlier, where you can ask it to create like a fake someone saying something and it can be perceived as correct as real. Uh, this is well il illustrated by how many social media influenced, how much social media influenced the spread of fake news during the 2016 election, putting Facebook in the spotlight of ethical a un of ethical AI. In 2017, study by NYU and Stafford researches researchers Stanford researchers shows that. The most popular fake news stories on Facebook were shared most more often than the most popular mainstream news stories. The fact that this misinformation was able to spread without regulation from Facebook, potentially affecting the results of something as important as presidential election, is extremely disturbing. And then it goes on to talk about deep fakes. Ah, um, uh, yes. Now that I've been hearing about, um, in particular, apparently people have started creating deep fakes of people that they want to have sex with. I have heard about that, yeah. And like creating sexual content with that. And I'm over here like, without permission? <laughs> You're doing yeah. what? I've also seen a lot where people will, um, it's like Lady Gaga, but she's singing an, a song by someone else. And it's like, it's a video, a generated video that's showing Lady Gaga singing. Right. But it's someone else. Like it's it's not her song. Right. Um, and it's not like she didn't actually sing. Um, but pulling up some deep fakes, uh, 2021 trends in combating deep fakes, deep fake impersonation attacks. Um, so there's executive impersonation attacks where are are now um, business email compromise. I don't know what this means, but there's a video of, and it's a really interesting video. Um, it's What's her name? Not Rachel McAdams. Uh, Amy Adams. Um, so it's a, a video that is of, originally of her, but they have auto-generated Nicolas Cage's face onto her. <laughs> and it's like a side-by-side -side and it looks, you can barely tell that it's fake. It's crazy. Oof. That I, sounds mortifying. There was yeah. um, one of my friends posted um, some quote-unquote photographs that were AI-generated of a party and all the all the people in these quote unquote photographs are AI generated. They're not real people. Um and it just got more disturbing the more you looked at it because there were like too many fingers on their hands or like something else like that. And it just 
was very interesting to me because I'm like, okay, on the one hand, you know, previous to seeing like these these issues, I would have thought these were real photos, you know, but then you start looking at it and going, oh, these are not yeah. real photos. <laughs> and, that, and that's where it can, deep fakes and things like that can be, um, can be dangerous or AI can be dangerous where if you just take that as at face value and just assume that it's real, that's where things can go really wrong, really fast. Yeah, for sure. Well, is there anything you else you wanted to talk about? How things are going? Sarah's cramping like a mother. Yeah, yeah. I'm dying. Um, well, we we can talk about the fact that I like painted my walls with ketchup. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gross. <laughs> How did that even happen? Also, why do you have packets of ketchup just laying around your bedroom? Okay, first of all, don't judge me. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> um, no. So I got I got Whataburger for dinner last night, and um, I always ask for spicy ketchup for my french fries because i'm not gonna lie whataburger's fries are not that great their food's good but their fries are not that good i i only like them with ketchup um anyway sorry about the tangent so i thought i had picked up all like all the packets and set them off to the side because i save them if i have extra because sometimes they don't give me my ketchup so apparently i missed one and i was getting up to turn on the light and i all of a sudden i hear this boom and i was like i've been shot <laughs> and then i turned on the light and at first i only saw it like on my bed like on the side of my bed and i was just like oh, okay that's fine no biggie i was gonna wash the sheets today anyway and then i look up and the wall next to my bed covered <laughs> It was everywhere. Uh, so my room smells like vinegar because uh, that's one of the ingredients for spicy ketchup. And um, yeah. I like vinegar though. I mean, I like vinegar too, but I didn't want my room to smell like it. <laughs> I, I wasn't anticipating the, um, you know, ketchup flavored bedroom. But anyway, the good news is, is nothing got ruined. I just had a big mess at to clean up. <laughs> um, we have a logo for our business now. Yeah, we do. Which I forgot. Um, and I'm also, I don't know when, but I finished messing around with the um, the website, but I think it said something about 24 to uh, 48 hours before a post. But then I yeah. also don't know um, from that, I don't, I'm trying to figure out if it's going to show, like if the website's going to actually go to the, the website that I created is actually going to go to www.nowaboutthatproductions.com. Mm. Um, so I'm going to have to play around with it and see what's going on there. Cause there was something there where you had to change it, change something at your, at the domain where I own, where I own the domain um, to make it, to connect the W, the website I created with www.nowaboutthat productions mm-hmm. so i have to figure that out and see how how i can do that um so this domain is connected oh maybe not hold on sorry it's it's <laughs> i don't know where it's going oh, it's like, really, all excited it's not doing anything i ask it to go to the site and it just it's just loading so i'll have to figure that out and see if i can get it posted and then look at it later all I might right. have to. I might have to talk to my the company that I bought the domain through and see what I need to do to connect the website to the domain. Mm, that makes sense. Um, are you doing anything fun this weekend? Um, I don't think so. I I know that Nick and I. I think we're planning on karaoke tonight. I think. Yeah. But uh, other than that, nothing really. I actually have to work tomorrow um, because we don't have enough people so i'm i'm going in to help out i'm a nice person Ew. i know i don't get paid enough i have school stuff to do so that's fun oh yeah i should probably also do that it was such a weird week because so i'm in texas and um we had a winter storm uh so everything was covered in ice um and despite the fact that i'm taking online classes i i got a snow day from school (laughs) two i got two snow days from school and two snow days from work which would never happen in Indiana. <laughs> no, because Indiana knows how to actually. Indiana has the infrastructure the to actually clean the roads. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting. I was just like, okay, all right. I mean, I'm gonna take a break from school, sure. 
Do you actually go into school for your stuff? I don't. I um, am very lucky and I just do all my school stuff online. Now, my Korean class, we meet on Zoom. Um, but yeah, other other than that, there's not a lot of, not a lot, a lot of interaction. Hmm. <sighs> but what about you? Anything exciting? Um, I mean, I have school stuff that I need to do. Um, Aside from that, there's uh, Ryan and I are thinking are going to watch. Well, tonight we're going to watch Drag Race whenever he gets home, and then um, I think tomorrow we're probably going to watch Tar. Tar. Yeah, it's um, a movie with gosh, what is her name? Kate Blanchett. Mm. So, renowned musician Lydia Tar is days away from recording the symphony that will elevate her career when all elements seem to conspire against her. Uh, Lydia's adopted daughter Petra becomes an integral emotional supporter for her struggling mother. Hmm. It seems really interesting. So we're gonna, and I think it's available somewhere. I don't remember where it's where it's available, but we're going to watch it. Mm. Um, well, I think Nick and I talked about watching Megan. Yeah. Um, but we haven't we haven't done that yet so he and horace went and saw it and said that it was really good so i mean obviously it's good enough that he wants to watch it a second time so yeah we talked about that i think last week because i said i wanted to watch it and i just i haven't so i haven't yet either so there's something i i do really want to see that everything everywhere all at once movie same because i didn't realize what it was but every time i saw commercials of it i was like this doesn't look very fun but then when I read about like what it was, it sounds actually really interesting. So, but I don't yeah. know where where it's streaming, and I don't want to go see it in the theaters. I don't think I think it's done in theaters now. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I want to go to a movie theater. It's a movie popcorn. Where to watch? Spend way too much. Everything, everywhere, all at once. A science fiction movie starring Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie. Sue and Ki Kehui Wan Kwan is available to stream now. Watch it on the Roku channel, Paramount Plus, Showtime Spectrum TV, Showtime Anywhere, Prime Video, Redbox, Apple TV, or Voodoo. Voodoo? You do. But is it <laughs> free? But is it free? Or do I have to have a special subscription to Showtime? I'm gonna look it up. I don't have my phone. Anyways, um, what else? What else is going on? Um, well, I started back to therapy. Oh yeah. I'm really excited about. Um, and yeah, that's there's not a lot of interesting going. That's not true. There's interesting things going on in my life, but they're just not they're interesting to me, not so much the rest of the world. <laughs> I am. Um, I just did a class yesterday on emotional intelligence, which we've talked about before because I've done them. I've done it several times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun. And there's a. Uh, I have. I like to include videos in my um, my trainings so that it's not just me talking the entire time. There's good information from a video. Right. And the last video I have included in the presentation is um, this guy going into the HR's office or bookkeeping or somebody um, and saying that he needs his he needs his check and then it escalates really quickly and he like is screaming and he grabs something on her desk and like almost throws it at her and, and then it like pauses after that and talks about <clears throat> understanding that what you're seeing isn't the only thing that's going on in someone's life. So you need to be cognizant of the fact that there's something, there may be something else, other things going on that has just piled on to this person's day, but that still doesn't excuse the person from having an outburst. So there's two, two, like two folds to it. Um, When you're approaching someone or you're talking to someone that you can see is visibly upset or visibly um, emotionally like distraught, you should in your own personal experience talk to that person in a way that like if you were in that same spot you would want to be talked to about or talk to talk to um and approach it from understanding that they're going through something and you should yeah you should talk to them responding emotionally yourself yeah yeah Uh, but also the person that is going through the emotional issues and like all the stuff just piling up taking a chance like a minute and taking a breath and adjusting your or checking your checking your emotions basically before you actually go in and have a conversation with someone that is an important conversation or yeah giving someone feedback like if you if you have to 
give someone feedback or tell tell someone or someone's giving you feedback and mm -hmm. like it's negative feedback check your emotions before you respond to their feedback uh, yeah. because unless based on their intent so like if their intent is yeah. to be malicious then obviously I mean, still hit don't, him in the face <laughs> still, no, still don't still don't uh come to that with aggression but understand like the intent behind the person i love when when you're talking as like you know a, a fine upstanding adult with a fine upstanding adult job versus when you're talking like we are still teenagers and you're just like, eh, just punch them in the face. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I've never said to just punch someone in the face. Unless, is... unless it's a child. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true, sir. No, I, I joke a lot. I don't think... I don't think that violence is ever an option. I think violence is always an option. Now, it's whether or not it's a good <laughs> option. Yeah, <laughs> which in most cases, the answer is no. Unless it's revolution, in which case, seize the means of production. <laughs> that was a I weird noise. To... I don't know why I did that. Anyway. Anyways. Do you want to so... look up some trivia and do some trivia? Sure. Let's do some fun trivia <laughs> to close it out. I need to take a shower. That's that smell. Yes, that's the smell. That's the smelly smell. Oh, look, food and drink trivia. Ooh. Okay, this is fun. I was going to say, I love talking about food. <laughs> uh, what are the rarest, what is the rarest M&M color? Um, green. It's brown. See, I was going to say brown. <laughs> uh, what is the common name for dried plums? Prunes? Yes. What country consumes the most chocolate per capita? We've talked about this before. It's Switzerland, yeah. Um, I mean, what to is be the... fair, when you make chocolate that bomb, like... <laughs> right? What is the name given to Indian food cooked over charcoal in a clay oven? Uh, Indian from India, basically. Naan? No, that's, that's the bread. That's the bread. So it's Indian food cooked over charcoal in a clay oven. No. Tandoori. Mm. Uh, what was the first soft drink in space? Coca-Cola. I was going to say, I think we've talked about that before too, yeah. Coca-Cola. What is the most consumed manufactured drink in the world? Also Coca-Cola? No. No? Tea. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Uh, which is the only edible food that never go never goes bad? We've talked about this before. It's honey. Honey. Which country invented ice cream? China. China, yep. Uh, Hendrix, Larios, and Seagram's are all the best-selling brands of which spirit? Vodka. Never heard of Larios. I haven't either. No, it's gin. Seagram's is gin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from which country does Gouda cheese originate? I don't know, but it's a Gouda country. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to have to disband the company and stop the podcast. We just went through all of that hard work to get this website and get the logo and all this other stuff. And now you're just like Jesus. one dad joke and that's it. We're calling it off. It's the Netherlands. <laughs> ridiculous. Why, that, why does that make it even funnier that it's the Netherlands? I don't know, but never say that joke again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, now we have entertainment trivia questions. Uh, what what was the first toy to be advertised on television? We've talked about this before. Mr. Potato Head? Yeah. Uh, what was the first feature-length animated film ever released? Snow White. Yeah, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Uh, what TV series showed the first interracial kiss on American network television? Star Trek. Of course you know that one. Of course I know that one. Um, I believe the episode's name is Plato's Children. I have no idea. And originally, Spock was supposed to kiss Uhura, not Captain Kirk. Um, and then, what are, what were the four main characters' names in the TV series Golden Girls that ran from 1985 to 1992? Rose, Dorothy, Sophia, and Blanche. Blanche. Uh, which Disney princess talks to the most animals? Um, Sleeping Beauty. No. No? Snow White. Uh. Sleeping Beauty really only talks to the mice and a bird. No, no, no. That's Cinderella. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sleeping Beauty, she talks to the owl and there's some rabbits. 
you're making a face at me. <laughs> um, what awards has an EGOT winner won? Um, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was mouthing it along with me. Which member of the Beatles married Yoko Ono? John Lennon. That one's an easy one. Dumbass. Uh, Him, John Lennon, was a dumbass. And then what are the name of Cinderella's stepsisters? I always get this wrong. This is different it, from what we've looked at before. Is it Anastasia yeah. and Drusilla? Yes, that's what it is. But that's, we've looked at it before and it was, Drusilla wasn't the other one. Yeah, because I always say Drusilla and it's different. Uh, what famous U.S. festival hosted 350,000 fans in 1969? Woodstock. Woodstock. Uh, the biggest selling mu- music single of all times is? All I want for Christmas is you. No. <laughs> I think when we looked at Christmas, it was White Christmas. I think when we looked at Christmas, it was White Christmas, yes. Um, it's Candle in the Wind. Uh, which and- version? The original version that was for Marilyn Monroe or the redone version for Princess Diana? 1997, so Princess Diana. Princess Diana. And then when Walt Disney was a child, what character did he play in his school function? I don't know. Peter Pan. Hmm. Uh, let's see. What else could we do? I mean. Ooh, the office trivia. I d- I'm not going to be able to answer that at all. I've seen like two episodes of The Office. And I think this is the British office as well. That's the only one I saw the two episodes of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can call it a day. Yeah. You think we've been goofy enough? (laughs) I think so. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Now About That with James and Sarah. Please make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe if you like this episode. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And feel free to follow us on social media. Our Instagram handle is at nowaboutthatpod. And if there's something specific you would like for us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email us at now about that pod at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great week since this will be coming out on a Monday. And Sarah, have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. And we will all talk to you in the next episode. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.